Hey everybody, welcome to It Never Rains on this podcast. I'm Hithliday. I'm the managing editor for Addicted to Quack. It's a website. Joining me this week is one of the great ATQ writers, Slurms Back Court. How you doing? Fantastic. Uh, well, uh, we were eagerly waiting the end of the uh, baseball <laughs> game against Gonzaga uh, to record this podcast. Um, you know, it was funny. Uh, last year, uh, I had Badwater uh, writing up the the midweek game uh, series against Gonzaga in Spokane. And uh, he was really excited about it. He was all week. He was telling us about like, boy, look out for, for guns that, you know, they win the WCC every year <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know, there's real lethal team. And then as soon as, you know, the game starts, they're, they're like, you know, Gonzaga, the commentators in Spokane are like, you know, Gonzaga doesn't take the series seriously. They're, they're only focused on conference play. So they're just going to have their third baseman pitch this entire series. It oh, was just God. like a completely, <laughs> you know, so I was like, all right, let's tone it down this year. Uh, it's not <laughs> basketball. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And so I'm watching this game and it's like the Ducks are like sort of sleepwalking for the first, you know, six innings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I then like behind three one. Yeah, right. And, and but then they blow it open in the seventh on like the classic, you know, like the pitchers losing control of his pitch. <laughs> and the manager goes out and and talks to the you know, there's the the only class of human beings who are more delusional than base than 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 Washington Huskies fans are, are baseball managers. You know, they're <laughs> like, hey, son, you know, uh, or, or do you think you're still you still have control of your pitch? Oh, yeah, definitely, boss. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely only give up a couple more home runs and, and only only beam the batter a couple more times. Like, oh yeah, go for it, kiddo. I'll just go back and eat some more sunflower seeds. That's all they're paying me to do. And like, sure enough, he gives up a seven run, you know, uh, inning to the Ducks, yeah. and they blow it open. And it's like, well, okay, uh, I'm glad we stuck that, around for that. Yeah, uh, definitely. That ball on the back though looked like it hurt. Yeah, I, you know. <laughs> It's just like, okay, you know, so I'm glad, you know, we delayed recording. So I guess we'll start out talking about baseball because we just all had fun watching that. Um, they, uh, the, the, the Ducks uh, went down to Berkeley and played Cal. They got the series win, although it, it didn't really, you know, look super comfortable um, doing it. I mean, the third game. The third game looked how I expected all the games to go. Right, right? exactly. Yeah, you that's, know, that's what I expected is that, you know, they that's the kind of games they've been playing and winning most of the time in the last month. And, and given that, like, Cal is, like, last place or second to last in the Pac-12, yeah. you know, like, I, now, I don't exactly think that Cal's that bad of a team. Like, they did kind of have draw kind of, like, the 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 more brutal end of the Pac-12 schedule, like, in the order that they played them. Like, they're probably a little bit better than that. Um, but, like, you know, still uh you know that that third game was pretty much like how i expected to go where oregon just sort of like steadily you know plunks you know through some runs and like you know contains a, a relatively you know mediocre batting team you know uh you know the third game i don't know how much you know there is to talk about it like uh it, it was just sort of what i was expecting you know if there's anything to sort of note about that series that you know the designated hitter anton rose who sort of like came out of nowhere you know mm -hmm. his has been pretty good, um, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, other than that, you know, is, is a pretty unremarkable performance the, 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 or at least unremarkable for what we've come to expect out of Oregon this year. Do you disagree at all? You know, not really. I, they, the, that third game, you know, they, they won it comfortably, but the, the truth is that they had two big innings when they scored uh, three runs in the fourth and four in the top of the ninth. It's true. They did um, bust it. Open so it was late. actually it was pretty like, close. So uh, it was five, yeah, two, true. Yeah. Um, you know, going into the ninth and, and each team got on the board, but it, again, there's uh, most of these games and that, that this one is a good example. You see them do that, that three run shot they took in the fourth and you're kind of going, yeah, that can happen anytime. Mm -hmm. uh, if what happens uh, in a, in a game is like what happened to Gonzaga tonight, where they, they choose not to pull a pitcher that's obviously struggling uh, and has to, you know, center his pitches a little more than he might normally. He doesn't have the control to work corners and, and pitch away from guys and stuff. And in order to get strikes, he's got to throw them up the middle. And these guys are going to tee off on that. Well, but, uh, 
you know the the well the other thing is that you know Cal's fielding in, in the that third game yeah. was like a little weird. You know they they were yeah. committing a couple of errors that you know. But like yeah, as you said, you know Oregon is prone to to to, to big innings that sort of like come out of nowhere. You know they can they sort of like look a little weird. You know, but then uh you know either a home run sort of out of no because like you know half this team is capable of just hitting the long ball right. out of nowhere. Um. And the other thing is just like, oh yeah, you know, just a just a a power hit double, you know, you know that drives in a couple of dudes. And the other thing is that you know, uh, Oregon's a very good base running team. Now, you know, anybody who's heard me on this podcast before, sort of like, uh, you know, uh, it's not so much like deriding base running is that I think it's like a tertiary thing, you know, like you can't run bases unless you get on base in the first place. Right. Um, but it's dependent on that, you know, Oregon is very eager to steal bases. They're very eager to turn a single, you know, you know, any mm-hmm. sort of like wild pitch, Oregon is just automatically going to advance to second, you know, automatically going to burn, you know, get, you know, people from second to third. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, it's automatic. Like there's no hesitation, you know, in, in a way, you know, I, I, watching a lot of Pac-12 baseball, like it's not automatic for other teams. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you They're know, it's more conservative. Oregon, yeah. Yeah. Like Oregon is like automatically, you know, if Oregon gets a single, you know, given that Pac-12, you know, pitching is not totally lights out, you know, at some point, you know, in, in the or first of all, Oregon's going to be, you know, hacking a lot, which means they're going to drive the, you know, pitch count up, which means, you know, uh, you know, at some point, you know, the, the, the pitcher is going to put the ball, you know, in the dirt and the, the, the catcher is going to struggle with it. And, you know, it just means on a, on an otherwise totally normal, uh, uh, you know, at bat, you know, wham, it's going to go, you know, dude on first is going to be a dude on second, you know, right. and then, you know, the RBI and then like, you know, uh, 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 and then a single into right is, you know, not just, you know, the instead of a single to right being a dude on first and a dude on second, a single to right is an RBI, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like that's, you yeah. know, Oregon does Oregon's athletic advantage and base running advantage is what allows them to squeeze extra runs out. You mm-hmm. know, they're hitting now, as I say, I think it's tertiary because they have to get hits first, you know, in order for both of, you know, or, you know, in order to, 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 to be on second, you have to first be on first in order to, to get the RBI, you, you know, you, you got to hit that, you know, ball into the outfield. Uh, so like the primary stat is still hitting, but you know, it is nice to be able to, to, to turn, you know, hits into runs. Uh, yeah. And they're very good at, at, uh, you know, a lot of times you're watching this game and you're going, okay, this guy got a guy on second, the batter's got to get the ball, um, you know, either in, in, hit a single into the outfield or get the ball deep enough into the outfield that even if it's caught, um, you know, you're still going to be able to advance bases. But a, a lot of times any, any hit base hit to the outfield can score some of these guys from second base because yeah. of what you're talking about, which is the incredible athletic system, uh, athletics, uh, athleticism that they have. Yeah. And I mean, just like, you know, if you didn't watch this game, you know, just look at the box score, you know, Cal commits three errors, mm-hmm. uh, right. Yep. Oregon gets nine runs, right. Or, yes. or, you know, look at the hit to run count, right. Oregon mm-hmm. gets 14 hits and, and turns them into nine runs. Cal gets 11 hits and turns them into three runs, right. right? You know, because Oregon has an athletic, base running advantage, you know, over Cal, uh, you know, that that's what it gets you squeeze, you know, they're squeezing out extra runs. So like, but all of this is, you know, this has all been, you know, why the third game was totally what I was expecting, you know, out of them. And I should have just been able to say, and the first and second games were just like that too. Um, (laughs) but they weren't, you know, because, you know, this team's just not like that consistent. Right. You know, like the, the, the second game kind of was, you know, the, the second game mm-hmm. actually was from a Oregon offensive perspective was fairly similar. They just, you know, they, they got six runs, not 
nine, you know, like they had, they had six runs on 10 hits instead of nine runs on 14 hits, but like, that's fairly similar. I'm honestly not really mad at the bats, you know, on that one, you know, coming up as a baseball fan, uh, six runs on 10 hits was a pretty good offensive performance. You know, no one, no one be mad at that, you know, I, I, you know, but yeah, look, man, like giving up, you know, eight runs on nine hits, you know, to Cal, you know, not, right. you know, the world's most powerful hitting team. Uh, you know, that's an indictment of Oregon's pitching, which, you know, we sort of have been talking about all year. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Cal kind of flipped the script on that one where they had some innings where they scored runs in bunches. Oregon did that as well, but they only had really one big run inning with four um, in the sixth. And so they needed one more of those kinds of innings, which they're capable of producing to to win this game, but they just couldn't find that third inning. And, and Cal found, uh, you know, two, three run innings, which for them, uh, especially with no Oregon errors in the game to sort of help them along, yeah. uh, was I, pretty good. I honestly, I actually did think that there were probably the, the, the scorekeeper was being nice. I think the Oregon <laughs> committed two things that I might've, I might've considered yeah. errors, but like, but you know, look, man, like the, the, you know, that, even if they were that they shouldn't have been giving up that many and more to the point this was coming off of the series in which um you know oregon beat stanford and and the shocker was that in the second game logan mercado um who has you know something like a 575 season era mm-hmm. you know just terrible um yeah. pitched pitched a you know full not a shutout, but I think you gave up like one run, right? You know, on yes. like five hits yeah. with Complete seven game, strikeouts. Yeah. 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 And like one walk, you know, it's just like, oh my God, Logan Mercado, you know, like, you know, this guy's incredible. Uh, you know, and, and there's lots of Duck fans who wanted, you, you know, wa- wanted me or somebody to be like, oh, he's turned a corner, man. You know, lights come on for him. He's, he's an ace now. And I'm like, anybody yeah. can have one good day right and you know sure enough he, he pitches you know 3.1 innings gives up six runs on six hits with five walks you know oh guess what you know logan yeah, mercado's back yeah, yeah. And, and i mean what i said last week was that i i would have an easier time believing that like stan that 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 day he faced him and had that you know nine inning one run five hitter uh that like stanford had bad clams for lunch i'd have an easier time believing that that happened than logan mercado turned into a uh and i'm i'm still thinking the bad clams theory is the most persuasive. it seems plausible i don't know yeah it seems like, plausible um and, and 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 then and, and I mean like I don't know how much you know more we you know discuss that like I said you know the, the I think the batting performance was fine it was sort of more or less exactly what I was expecting and and the pitching performance was more or less exactly what I was expecting given that you know right. I, I I sort of think you know Logan Mercado is not an ace I, I I don't and then the relief is Ullman uh Grayson Grinzel who winds up getting the loss I don't know how fair that is and in Matt Dallas who I don't really think is much of a reliever um I don't really think Oregon does have a very good reliever you know to be honest the mm-hmm. the, the closest that they have is Malaris but even he I don't really think has very good control of his pitch he just has a whole lot of speed um to it uh and, and, and when teams are behind and they start hacking at it you know like uh you know uh it, it, it often yeah he can, he can be effective them. if you're going to swing at a pitch that's you know in the dirt way off the plate yeah be right effective. yeah right and, and, and then the first game was sort of like the first game was weird like uh, it felt like, you know, tighter than it should have been. It definitely, that one felt, first of all, you know, it, 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 Cal had a three run seventh inning, right. which it felt like they shouldn't have had, you know what I mean? Yes. Like that, you know, even though I sort of like, you know, deride Oregon's pitching performance, I sort of felt like, like Jay Stofall kind of got like cheated. Like I, I wasn't, I wasn't real wild um, about the decision to take him out. Um, uh, and, uh, and I'm the, 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 I don't know. Like 
the, uh, I, I, I was, I'm interested to see if Stofall actually, you know, because like he, he had just pitched two incredible games in the, the opener against Oregon state and the, the opener against uh, Stanford. Right. And then, you know, basically it's the top uh, or the bottom of the seventh and through six innings, uh, Stofall had been pitching, you know, really well. And, I was like, hmm, I think uh, I I think this is time to pull him. You know, I I think was maybe like bought his own PR about Stofall being an ace, you know, and and I was like, you know, and then sure enough, you know, he gives up some runs and I was like, okay, so maybe you found his limit, you know, like maybe don't try mm-hmm. to make him go nine innings every time was, you know, maybe just pull him in yeah. six. Like if every you've got other a big starter. lead, sure. But I mean, they're yeah. up four one basically going into that half inning. So that's a close I mean, game still. Yeah, man. Or just like there's no like, what are you pushing for a record or something? You know, yeah. like just pull every pitcher at the end of six innings. Like that's just a, it's time, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they figured that out, and you know, in the MLB, they've figured it out on on a basically a pitch count basis, where yeah. you, you have a sense of when a guy is going to start losing it, and so you let him pitch up to that number, and you, even if he seems like he's strong and and going great, you may pull him anyway, simply because you know there's that point at which the performance just falls way off, and so, so you have to you take him out and bring your. That's what you have relievers for. So it's like, you know, even though Oregon won that game because they wound up hitting themselves out of it, although just barely right. like I, I feel like Stofall's great performance in the openers against Oregon State and Stanford. It's like he almost caused those good games almost cost Oregon this game. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. Because it's like Waz didn't like wanted to see if he could go nine innings against Cal too yeah yeah and i was like like no you know don't what do you do like yeah Yeah. what are you trying to prove something anyway so then the but then like you also sort of need to talk about you know the 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 other half of the equation or or sort of like the other thing that i've been talking about with like you know the baseball team is that like uh, there's you know i i have a theory it's not just my theory it's a pretty widely observed sabermetrics theory that like it you know power hitting is the stat that rules all other stats you know that like it you know if you can put up you know if if your obp plus slug you know or, or your power hitting number is sufficiently high enough that doesn't matter you know you know everything else doesn't matter you know uh and like potentially Oregon could be that team, you know, like we've definitely seen a bunch of games where it's like, Oh man, they definitely just batted themselves out of a problem. And like, I mean, they did bat themselves out of this game. And so I guess if you wanted to shoehorn in that argument, you could say that that is the case. I mean, it was tied going into the top of the eighth and then Oregon got the last run of the game and therefore the win. But I don't think this counts like a five to four win. I don't think that counts, man. Do you? Now, a one-run rally is, I mean, admittedly, a game-winning rally, as it turned out. But a one-run rally is not really what I think of when I think of, you know, the kinds of high offensive output that this team can have in innings. Uh, one, One run is not what I think of. I think of more like what happened against Gonzaga tonight where they bring yeah. 12 or 13 guys to the plate um, yeah. in an inning and score seven runs or, or that uh, or that Arizona, you know, game where it's like his second RBI of the inning. Of the inning. Like, <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah okay. that's what I think. Of. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's if they can, you know, the, the obviously that's one of the things we had talked about earlier in the in the season is that um, for, for the opponents, no lead really seems safe with this with this Oregon team that they they are capable of putting together uh, some pretty amazing offensive bursts if you will in an inning or two innings where everybody's just hitting on all cylinders and they've got you know they were eyes on the pitcher and they're ready to go so that's you know admittedly scoring one run is not really that impressive but it did win the game and that's yeah. And, but I mean, even, the, but I mean, honestly, even that one, you know, that's the one where the first baseman has to jump for it. 
Right. And remember that we're bag. Yeah. Yeah. And, up actually, and, so. and you know, he has to jump for it, but he still catches it and he comes down and like, they have to go to replay because basically he, the first baseman comes down and his foot hits the bag at basically the same moment that Walsh's mm-hmm. foot right. hits the bag. And like, I don't know if you advance it frame by frame, you might see that like his cleat hits like a millisecond before Walsh's cleat hits. And ultimately they decide, well, we called it safe. And so we're going to have it stand. Yeah, I don't know. Ty goes it. to the yeah. runner, man, you know, yeah. like, right. Um, like I, I think Walsh was safe on, on first look, you know, honestly, but like, you know, whatever, either way, you know, the, the, the throw shouldn't have been that high, you know, it was a throwing right, sure. error one way, you know, right. no matter you, wh- how you want, like th- there's no reason why the throw should have been that high. It was a throwing error, no matter what. Um, and, and so it's like, okay, um, you know, like that isn't that, that's not hitting the ball out of the park. That's a throwing no. error, like right. and a throwing error that had to go to replay review. You know, uh, yeah. they had almost and, nothing. And, you look at that inning; they have almost nothing. I mean, they've got a single, a walk, mm-hmm. um, and then this uh, Walsh reaching on the throwing error. They don't really; they're yeah. not really stroking the ball by any means. So, like, you know, it, it goes. Yeah, my, the the point of discussing this is that like. You know, for for folks who are like, hey, the pitching doesn't matter because Oregon can bat them themselves yeah. out of any problem. Like, I don't really think that theory is true uh, f- no. facing, you know, any real team, you know, any team with decent pitching. I just like the these bats are not they're They don't reliably put up 10 runs. Right. And, and you know, enough to make it so that the, the, the pitchers don't need to show up. Like now the, the pitchers need to show up in every game and the batters need to throw up, show up in in every game, which I guess isn't really saying anything. Um, no, but know, it's a but, good lesson. If you, if, if the team is thinking, um, you know, we, uh, we can catch up to anybody. So we don't have to worry too much about a team going out and scoring on us. That's not a healthy way to, to look at the game. That's how you end up losing games that you shouldn't be sure. losing. I mean, honestly, so. like, if if I were another Pac-12 team, I would be terrified of playing the Ducks, you know, because, yeah. oh, yeah, they can drop 10 runs on you out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, yeah, that would be terrifying. But, like, if I were coaching the Ducks, I would be, you know, I'd... I'd I I'd go to bed every night, you know, drenched in sweat because like, <laughs> I don't think my team can, I don't think I can count on 10 runs every night. And I don't think I can count on my pitchers not to give up 10 runs every night. And right. so like, what am I supposed to do? You know, yeah, uh, it's something that just kind of happens as opposed to something the team can turn on when it needs it. Well, uh, they definitely turned it on against Gonzaga tonight. Uh, the second game is against, uh, uh, against Gonzaga is at the same time, five o'clock, uh, tomorrow on Wednesday, uh, when you'll be listening to this podcast, um, uh, at PK park. Um, and then they go into the weekend series, um, uh, in PK park against Arizona state, um, which leads the pack 12. Um, they're ranked number 12, uh, in the polls. Um, uh, they're apparently a pretty good team. Um, I, uh, uh, they, they, they bat pretty well. Although interestingly, Arizona played them in a midweek series that didn't count against Pac-12 standings. I don't understand how that worked. And Arizona beat them 20 to zero. What? Yes. Uh, so like, yeah, man. So Arizona I, State was taking that seriously is what you're telling me. Yeah, I don't beats me, man. Yeah, the Wildcats, the team that like Oregon just absolutely drilled in Tucson in yeah. you know, three consecutive games. Um, yeah, beat beat the sun devils right. 20 to zero yeah i don't know like anybody can have one good day i guess um i guess that's not a score uh, line so yeah very often. you know i get i guess if i were arizona state and i had just given up a 20 to zero game and like i just said i were a pac-12 team that's terrified of playing a team that can drop you know a <laughs> uh, big batting performance out of nowhere you know hey could be a lot of fireworks this weekend in pk Park. hopefully all right, let's take a break. Uh, we come back, we'll talk some softball. Uh, 
Uh, well, uh, the Ducks played uh, the Arizona Wildcats in softball uh, in Jane Sanders. Uh, they got the series sweep. Uh, the first game, they mercy ruled them. Yep. Um, Arizona's uh, towards the bottom of the conference in Pac-12 play, but they have some um, some real power hitters, and so it was a bit of a, a struggle to keep a lid on them. Um, you know, it was funny at the end of the first game, the commentators were like, you know, Arizona is going to, you know, go back to the hotel and, 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 you know, try to figure out what went wrong. And it's like, you know, there's what went wrong has a name and it's Morgan yeah. Scott, you know, yeah. like, yeah, seriously, you know, she, it's not necessarily the, something you did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's just the ace, you know, like yeah. there's no, yeah. there's no reason to mince words about it. Like she's, you know, she's just been incredible. Um, and uh, and against a team that, like, as we sort of saw as the series went on, you know, is dangerous, you know, can definitely hit. Um, uh, yeah, you know, Scott's an ace and she shut yep. him down, just completely she shut did. him down. And, and, three and three hits over uh, over the innings that could be played uh, until Oregon run ruled them. But um, yeah, nope, didn't walk anybody. Um, you know, just an impressive, impressive performance again uh, for Morgan. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know how much, you know, and, and a complete game, you know, it was six mm-hmm. innings, you know, right. like, uh, you know, and, and you know what, if, if that went to the seventh, I'm highly confident it would have been a seven, seven inning shutout. Like, I, you know, she didn't, as long as she looked tired, you know, she wasn't losing right. control of her bitch in the sixth. Nope. Like, nope. That's, uh, that's a, you know, common workload in softball. So I'm pretty sure that, you know, the way she was rolling through that lineup, um, you know, they didn't, they didn't seem as the game went on again, they, she gave up three hits and they were just scattered all over the place. They yeah, exactly. You didn't have the same players getting hits when they saw her the second or third time. Um, and it just, it just didn't appear to be any life at all in the Arizona offense when she was up there uh, pitching. And, uh, you know, Tara McGowan, as usual, uh, uh, you know, was just, you know, just crushing, just crushing yeah. it, you know, huge uh, game. Um, you know, a a three run, uh, home run in in the fifth, which really, you know, broke the game open. Um, uh, uh, you know, she also, you know, you know, wound up advancing in the, in the sixth, uh, um, the, uh, uh, actually, and the other, you know, fun one and sort of an, an echoed in the third game is, uh, one of the pitch hitters or pinch hitters, uh, Chris Ornelas, uh, the senior, um, had two different, like, basically she shows up in the game, in the series twice and both of them are awesome (laughs) RBIs. Like, you know, it's just like, I, I, I show up to swing the bat twice and both of them are amazing. Amazing. And then, uh, you know, I just go back to the dugout and <laughs> chill. I'm just five, like, all right, cool. Yeah. Five RBIs and two at bats. Yeah. It's just Absolutely. like rad. Like, huh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is cool, man. Yeah. Um, so hats off for her. Um, Let me know if you need anything else. <laughs> so then the, uh, so yeah, she, she gets her first one of those in the first game. So then, uh, second game, uh, it, it's an, you know, Stevie Hansen, uh, uh, you know, go, goes out um, and she's having, you know, pretty good performance. Oregon goes up, you know, 4-0 um, in the third inning with, a, you know, pretty classic, uh, you know, uh, Alley Bunker uh, uh, and then Tara McGowan, you know, uh, the Errol Carlson, you know, like, you know, all, all, you know, all the, all, all the classics, right. You know, Oregon's yeah. just like crushing it at the plate, you the know, you uh, expect. Yeah, exactly. Like everybody that you expect, you know, there's no real surprises, you know, in the bat. Like, uh, you know, I could go through Oregon's entire batting order and just be like, all of these are great batters, you know. It's but it's all the it's all the names that you expect. Um, uh, but then Arizona finally, you know, started you know getting some hits, um, and and uh, we finally saw a pitching change, you know, uh, 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 which I thought was appropriate, you know, like. Um, you know, Stevie started to get in trouble, um, and, and, and Missy Polder, um, uh, uh, for, for Reagan Breedlove, who then immediately got in, you know, still got in trouble, um, right. which like, you know, honestly, I'm not, 
like I'm not sure how much of an indictment that is of Hanson or Breedlove because I really do think that Arizona is just a super dangerous hitting team and like you can't sit on them that long. Like I mean Scott, yeah, did you're not going to shut them out for three straight games or something like that. Yeah, I, I mean so. honestly, like that is what morgan scott did you know like Mm -hmm. she did shut him down for six innings in the first game and then she came in to close this game and shut him out for the rest of that game so like maybe there is a human being who can shut down (laughs) arizona and that person is named morgan scott um but like still and so like i guess if there's anybody who wants to like draw comparisons between Hanson slash breed love and Scott. Like I, there's a comparison to be drawn here, but like, let's keep in mind Arizona really and truly is a very dangerous hitting team. And like, you know, somebody had to take the pain. Um, and you know, it happened to be Hanson and breed love and, and, but like, you know, come on, uh, that, you know, somebody was going to, um, Uh, but like, but ultimately, you know, the, the damage got limited to just that inning and immediately in the bottom of that inning, Oregon just immediately responds with Ariel Carlson, you know, knocking the ball out of the park and then, and then, and then Taya Bird comes back just like, well, I guess I'll just hit another home run. Like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, like, like, hey, you're not the only one who gets to hit home runs here. Like, uh, yeah. And, and, uh, and of course, Tara McGowan gets on base and gets, you know, knocked home by, by, uh, Howard, um, you know, to, 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 to blow it open. So, you know, even though, you know, that it's like, oh my God, it's four to three now, like Oregon just immediately tacks on four more runs. And like, yes. oh, you know, this is no big deal. Um, uh, so, you know, so so then, adv- you know, advance to the third game, which which actually, you know, gets a little exciting because Arizona goes up first. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, that the, they have, you know, Reagan Breedlove, you know, starts the game, but she only lasts, you know, for an inning, I think. Yes. Um, yeah. One in and, and then, one out. Yeah. And then Stevie Hansen comes in and. And she only lasts one inning. She gives, you know, because because Reagan Breedlove gives up three runs. Stevie Hansen gives up one run. And so, like, again, you know, for those who want to, you know, draw a line here to be like, you know, Morgan Scott is incredible and Reagan Breedlove and Stevie Hansen are not like, you know, you get a lot of evidence because Morgan Scott then pitches 4.2 innings, gives up two hits, no runs, no walks, four strikeouts, you know, gets the win like. I don't know, man, like maybe that theory is accurate. <laughs> like, that's a, that's a pretty strong, I mean, and it, and again, you're right. Arizona's uh, they're, they're lower down in the conference, but that doesn't mean they're not a good team and yeah. not a good offensive team. I mean, I, she, I believe that no they, problem they, with them. they played the same, you know, like, you know, the, I believe they played the same like trio of, Oh my God, how dare the PAC 12 give Oregon this schedule. Yes. Like teams, you know, and then Arizona Mm -hmm. plays the same ones in Arizona, you know, winds up on the bottom of the conference, you know, and it's like, well, hold on, you know, let's not, you know, if we're, if we're saying that like Oregon doesn't deserve to be, you know, uh, you know, thrown on the fire, uh, for that, you know, Arizona should probably be, you know, extended the same benefit of the doubt. Um, you know, but really, I mean, kind of the deal with Arizona is that they're kind of a one the Arizona's deal is that they've got, you know, one really awesome player Her name is Nets and uh, she's both, you know, their ace pitcher and their like power slugger, which is like, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, Devin Nets is, is her name. And uh, and the problem is like their manager like she cannot figure out whether or not to leave her on the mound or pull her like in at multiple points in the third game, she put her in, took her out and put her back in. Um, and I was just like, Oh man, you need to figure this out. Uh, and Oregon just took advantage, you know, just like, you know, Errol Carlson hit a home run, um, you know, knocking in who else, Tara McGowan, um, you know, and, uh, 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 and then of course, uh, you know, Luchar gets on base, uh, Errol Carlson gets on base, Tara McGowan gets on base, you know, it's all, 
you know, uh, you know, it's all juiced and then who comes in, but, but my favorite, you know, player, you know, the assassin, uh, Chris Ornelas comes in, knocks out, you know, the awesome three RBI, you know, down the right field and, and drives her in, you know, to, to, to crack the game open. Um, and, and it's like, yeah, man, cause, cause Arizona didn't have their pitching, you know, figured out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. You know, un, uh, unlike Oregon, which is just like, well, if we're in danger, we're just going to put in Morgan Scott. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She had an amazing series. Absolutely. Uh, incredible. Like 11, she pitched like a, more than 11 innings and only gave up like six hits, um, over that entire time. And it's just, an, uh, amazing performance for her over that weekend. Uh, yeah. I mean, just, yeah. I mean, like, I, you know, I, we have published articles on this site, uh, you know, debating the question of whether or not Oregon has one or two uh, aces in their right. bullpen. Right. Um, what's not debatable is they've definitely got at least one, you know, yes. like Morgan Scott's pitching performance in this series was incredible. Um you know, why Stevie Hansen, who was indisputably an ace last year, mm-hmm. um, seems, you know, statistically to be lagging behind, um, you know, her own performance last year, much less Morgan Scott's performance right. this year is a mystery. You know, like I that's kind of between her, her pitching coach and her maker. Like, I, I don't know. Um, well, and she's got and this year, I, I would argue that Hansen has better offensive support this year than she had last year. And yet she she managed to, um, you know, to do very well last year under what I thought were more trying circumstances as far as, um, you know, sort of, can I get some run support to, you know, help, help me stay ahead of these guys. And it just didn't happen enough. I mean, uh, it is, it, I'm not sure about making the comparison to last year. I would actually like to pull up some stats on that. And of course this year is not over yet. That might actually right. be a good um, project for the off season. In fact, slurms <laughs> one of the dangers of appearing on a podcast with your editors, you might get a, a, a project assigned to you um, in the middle of a podcast. Uh, Lovely. Yeah. No, I'd be happy um, to look at it. It's inter- yeah. That might be a good uh, off season project question. for you. Um, but uh, it is certainly the case that Oregon is hitting well this this season. Um, uh, you know whether whether Hanson's in a bit of a slump or not. I don't know. Like I definitely think that Hanson is. I mean, she's good at knocking down mediocre to bad. Like she's. I guess I'll put it this way. Um, and, and this, I swear, is not meant to be damning with faint praise. Um, because there's a lot of pitchers for whom this is not the case. Um, she's very reliable at knocking down mediocre to bad um, uh, batting teams, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of, of, of pitchers out there who it's like, boy, I don't even know if we can send her in um, against this team. Right. Uh, and it's like, no, if you need the, mo- the, the, the lawn mode, like, oh yeah, Stevie will mow that lawn for you. Right. Um you know, now you need the jungle cleared. Uh, I'm not sure about Stevie this year, to be perfectly honest. Morgan Scott might be the person that you need mm-hmm. to clear the jungle. Um, we, we'll see. I suppose they have yes. um, they they have two more series um, remaining. Uh, they've got well before that they have a, a game against. A, they're they're going down to Berkeley this weekend to play Cal. Cal is a mediocre um, team, sort of like in the middle of the Pac-12 um, this season. Um, but during their Berkeley trip, they're going to make a pit stop in Stockton, California, to play um, Pacific uh, on Thursday um, before they start up on their Friday uh, uh, first game. Uh, against Cal. Um, and then interestingly, the series after that, uh, the first weekend in May, um, is against Utah, which is a team that like, I feel like everybody's underestimating. Um, Mm -hmm. um, but like they've taken out some very good teams, uh, this year. Um, 
and uh, I feel like they're not getting enough credit. Like I, I feel like Oregon really has their work cut out for them against Utah. So I'll, you know, we'll, uh, we'll definitely be watching their performance against Cal um, to see how they're, uh, you know, how they're, how they're going to stack up against Utah um, before the inaugural uh, Pac-12 softball tournament. Yeah. Um, that should be an interesting uh, happening down in Tucson. All right, let's take a break. Uh, we come back, we'll uh, talk some Cal football. So uh, my Duck Dive series uh, rolls on. I am previewing every one of the Pac-12 football teams while we still have a Pac-12. Uh, <laughs> uh, this week we did uh, Cal. Um, I got to talk to our, our friend Rob Wong, who writes for uh, Write for Cal. Um, and uh, I always enjoy talking to Rob. He's very honest and very funny. Um uh, 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 Cal is, mm, it, Cal is interesting because they don't, they don't recruit super well. Um, but they actually manage their roster pretty decent. Like as I was like going through the roster construction, there's a couple like glaring problems and the, the portal's not closed yet. Like they still have another week, um, to sort of fix some of the the problems that they have, but like, and frankly, the, 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 well, look, the problems that they have are at quarterback, offensive line and defensive line slurms. What are the three hardest positions <laughs> to build in football? Well, to build, I would say the offensive and defensive lines, because you've got to recruit in some cases, certain body types yeah. uh, and weights and heights and all of that stuff, which may or may not be available to you. And finding a quarterback that can bring your entire offensive team up a level is also an extremely difficult thing to do. Yeah. So, so it's like, you know, everything that I'm about to say uh, in praise of Justin Wilcox is like, kind of like what I just said about in praise of Stevie Hansen, like he's mowing the lawn. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, let's keep in mind, there are a lot of Pac-12 coaches who I don't trust to mow the lawn. Um, right. <laughs> I, I actually, you know, do have to say that as I was going through every other position on his roster, you know, his running backs and his wide receivers and and uh, his, his well, not as tight ends, but then I don't think he's actually going to use tight ends. They went through an offensive coordinator change, and I don't think his new offensive coordinator, Jake Spapital, is going to use tight ends. That was actually something that was pretty easy to infer from the 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 um, the positional moves. Although I don't think Rob knew it was happening. I think I sort of like logic it out with him on the podcast. Um, <laughs> Anyway, um, and uh, the outside linebackers and inside linebackers and uh, and the defensive back room, like all of the positions that I just listed are, are basically like, even though they're sort of low ish talent units with like a couple of four star headliners, um, although they're sort of like they're they're four stars, but with some dirt on them, they're sort of like scuffed up four stars. Um, but they're sort of like, well, I hope you work out. Cause if not, like, I kind of got to go to these like mid three stars, but like they have the appropriate number of dudes, like that they have the appropriate level of experience. You know, he's like layered the amount of like rotations, you know, appropriately, like, you know, I study roster management, you know, right. like I study like who, who, who gets in for backup reps and whatever. And it's sort of like in some, you know, at all these other positions, and they're like they're good roster managers you know like uh through you know and justin wilcox at, 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 at like all those other positions you know the easy ones <laughs> just like it's a poor man's mario cristobal you know here right. it's just like uh hey not bad you know they're they're in, in what i'm trying and, and and actually at a couple of positions like wide receiver in particular like hey he actually did a really good job their wide receiver room looks really good um and it's like they're they're actually if they get those three other positions, the hard ones <laughs> uh, yeah. set, they could actually take a really big jump um, because they're they actually are pretty well set up, you know, at all the other positions. But it's like but the problem is their talent is so low. They're like the third least talented team in the Pac-12 that like the 
that all they are is well set up, you know, like they're not talented enough to like overcome those problems. You know what I mean? Like, like if they were overflowing with talent at those other positions, they could sort of overwhelm problems with uh, at the lines, you know, Um, uh, but they're not, you know, they're just like, it's like, it's like, uh, uh, it's like a, a flashlight. That's got a couple of dead batteries. If you put the batteries in, it would work. But if you don't put the batteries in, it's just a dead, it's a paperweight, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't, you know, so it's like, congratulations, you have a working flashlight, you know, that, that doesn't have any batteries. And so it doesn't, it doesn't do anything um, like that's what their situation is. Uh, so it's like, I, I don't know. But now having said all that, the fact that all of their quarterbacks left and did you read, did you read my, like, yes. like front to back that was one of the things that was like crazy about this is they had two as i understood it two entire rooms at least of scholarship players or or guys that could compete quarterbacks and tight ends all left the school yeah no the tight ends at the same time the tight ends one i understand because they brought in jake babatol to they they justin wilcox finally ginned up the courage to fire uh bill musgrave which he should have I mean, he never should have hired him in the first place and he shouldn't have let him go for three years, but he eventually, you know, fired the dude and he fired Angus McClure, which again, actually, I sort of understood hiring Angus McClure because he had this reputation as a recruiter and they needed to write the offensive line coach. I should clarify Um, the and like they needed to recruit more talent. And so I sort of understood the like, hey, we got to get the talent in the door before we develop it. Um, So Angus, like, I don't care that you're a bad developer, recruit me some talent and then I'll fire you and I'll get a developer who will develop that talent. But then Angus McClure didn't even recruit that talent. So he fired McClure at the same time that he fired like Musgrave, like on the same day, like two weeks before the end of the season. Um, uh so anyway, he replaced him with Spavital, and like I'm pretty sure that all the dudes leaving the tight end room is just because Spavital's not going to use those tight ends. Yes, so like, right. like, um, that one I kind of like. Okay, fine. And like, just look at the wide receiver room; it's loaded. It, it it's a bunch of talent, and they have a bunch of dudes in it. And actually, if you look, some of the names that they're connected with in the portal, they haven't got them yet. But like, they're going after more wide receivers. They're making offers to guys in the transfer portal who who are wide receivers. It's just like we're not done collecting wide receivers yet. And it's like well, maybe you should be, you know, but <laughs> whatever. Like twelve or you thirteen know. or fourteen guys. I mean. Yeah, they actually already have 13 or 14. Oh, my God. They're going for like 17. Yeah, it's crying. Yeah. Um, so anyway, like uh, uh, the, the the I understood the tight end thing, but the quarterbacks thing, it's just like, come on, man, yeah. you can't have all of your quarterbacks leave. Um, well, especially when you've got, you know, you got a guy coming in that supposedly likes the vertical passing game. Um, if you're a, you know, a, a gunslinger at quarterback, that seems like a good setup for yeah, you. How especially you not, like, go look yeah. up, like, like go look up Jake Spavital's record from 2013 to 2018 when he's the OC at Texas A&M at, and Cal for a year under Sonny Dykes in 2016, when they're setting a bunch of records and, and, and getting Jared Goff drafted, um, was that that year? I think I forget. Uh, and then West Virginia, you know, when they're throwing the ball over the yard. Now, don't go look at his record at Texas State uh, for the last four years. He was uh, Texas State's um, head coach. Um 2019, 2020, 2021, 22. Yeah, the last four years where inexplicably their like offensive ratings it's like they're 112th every single year like four <laughs> straight years of 112th f plus uh uh offensive rating and it's just like oh and like i understand that that's probably a low talent team you know what else is a low talent team the california golden bears <laughs> like yeah. so let's lo- whistle past that graveyard um but uh but 13 to 18 he was pretty good uh anyway like yeah if you're a quarterback why wouldn't you want to play for spav like i don't get it like i don't know yeah that seemed like like a crazy why would those dudes sign up to play for musgrave and then say oh no thanks jake spav like like i beats me 
how, how you don't hold on to those guys. That one's a mystery. So the wonders of the portal. Yeah. Beats me, man. Um, and, and like, I, I guess I would understand it if they had like, Oh, we all have to hit the portal because like they brought in their dude, you know, like they didn't bring in their right. dude. Yeah. They brought in a dude who's literally, first of all, he's attempted seven passes in his career. His name is Sam Jackson from TCU. He's, he's definitely just a runner. Like he's, I mean, give me a break, man. His two four seven profile literally reads that he's a wide receiver who plays quarterback part time. <laughs> I'm not making that up. I it was a direct quote: a wide wow. receiver who plays quarterback part time. Um, <laughs> like that's their great hope for the quarterback oh, room. So, like, so Rob was like, "Oh yeah," and I mean, they're definitely pushing for a transfer portal quarterback. In fact, we have this whole long article on Right for Cal about it. So I, you know, linked do it i try to drive them a lot of business uh, as much yeah. as i can boy that uh, seems like a real crapshoot though you know yeah. hoping to pull some well yeah out of the portal that's going to be able to do what you say that you want to do and are yeah. and are bringing in lots and lots of guys to try to do that thing the the deep passing game it's like wow so like i mean honestly i'm gonna i i, I felt a little bad that i had to publish the article before the portal window closes on on, on april 30th i mean i i will I, I will publish an edit to the article um and then at the at the end of you know in august i will do what i always do which is publish a new article with all the little updates you know um uh, uh, you know, it's just, I couldn't delay publishing the articles, just the way that the schedule works out. Cause I got to get through 12 teams. That means 12 weeks. And, and then I, you know, just, just to make the summer schedule works, I, I had to start publishing articles now, um, which meant you know, publishing two before the, the portal window closed, but it's just how, how we had to do it. Um, but like, I, I feel like, yeah, they're either gonna get, uh, a grad transfer quarterback through the portal, in which case that will immediately be their starter. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah. Um, well, you but, gotta, if the, if the best guy on the team's thrown seven passes, the chances yeah, exactly. are pretty good. You're bringing in anybody is going to be right. Exactly. You know, more experienced at least. But even then that means that that dude will have missed all of spring ball yeah, right. and installing the offense, which is like that's subpar that, you know, that or suboptimal. Yeah. Um, or, you know, what's even more suboptimal is that they don't. You know, and the competition right. goes between like Sam Jackson, who's thrown seven passes in his career and, uh, you know, Francisco Mendoza, who's a two star, who's thrown none like and those are like literally the only two quarterbacks like amazing uh, on scholarship, which is like, you know, my God, well, wow. I mean, my God, um, and we haven't even gotten to the offensive line, you know, which <laughs> yeah. is like uh, that was the like, other thing that that really jumped out is that they haven't they don't have a single freshman. They um, didn't recruit a single freshman. They didn't the recruit a single line. freshman. They took one JUCO, and it's not even a JUCO that they could um, use right away. He doesn't arrive until the fall. Uh, they haven't taken anybody out of the portal yet, um, which means even if they get somebody. Like he's again, not going to be able to practice with the team during the spring. And like, they got a gel, you know, there's all yeah. these teams that are relying on, on portal offensive linemen, which like, I'm, I'm still skeptical of, like, I still haven't seen it work out yet. Um, like maybe it will this year and I'll have to change my tune on that question. But like, if it does work out, I'm, I'm willing to bet that the teams for which it works out are teams that got their, their portal linemen early so that they could be gelling with them during the spring. And I'm willing to bet that the teams for whom it doesn't work out are more likely to be the teams that like get them for fall camp, you know, um, which, it, you know, if, if that's Cal, then that's going to be Cal, um, or they don't, and they got to go to war with the, 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 the army they have, you know, which is yeah. like, Hey, it's a bunch of returners. Like they only lose, you know, two guys out of like nine guys who played last year due to some injury stuff, but like they sucked. Like they were the worst <laughs> offensive line. Like everyone who observed that line was like, this is the worst offensive line in pack 12. Yeah. And, and like, that's saying something, man. Um, and, and like this, that was year six for Justin Wilcox. Like, how do you let that you get that bad? And then, and then you don't get any freshmen and you're like, well, we'll start working on this in 2024. Like, oh, I mean, that's just like, I mean, it's criminal. 
Like yeah. it's, you know, so like all the nice things that I said about Justin Wilcox, you know, like, Hey, he managed the roster real well at the positions. It's easy to ro- manage the roster at, like, you know, he gets a B plus at the easy stuff and he gets an F at the, at the, at the, the one that counts, you know, like, mm-hmm. Oh my God. The critical stuff. Yeah. Wow. And then on the defense, you know, like I, I'm not really wild about any of the defensive players, but like I said, you know, it's a, it's a well-managed, you know, group. And the, but the defensive line, it's like it sort of breaks my heart because like I I do feel like they have the bodies that they, they they have the bodies that they need. And here's the thing. They've had the bodies that they've needed for a couple of years now. It's just they never are healthy. Mm-hmm. Um like Brett Johnson, who I really and truly do think is one of the best interior defensive linemen in the Pac-12. I might even go so far to say that if he had stayed healthy, he was a true freshman who came in 2019, played in 2019. And based on the trajectory that I saw in 2019 and 2020, if he had stayed healthy and played through and were still because 2020 didn't count, he would still have eligibility for 2023. Mm-hmm. Like that trajectory, I would go so far as to say he projected to be the best interior defensive lineman in the Pac-12 hands down as a senior um but he didn't he got in a car accident in 2021 that robbed him of that season and then he was all ready to go and then right before the 2022 season starts he gets injured in practice and misses that entire season too two straight seasons of freak accidents that rob him of um of being able to play which is just like you have got to be kidding me and then that's terrible and then rob you should listen to the podcast because rob told this story about stanley mckenzie who's like the guy that they need to play nose tackle for him and they play a three four defense or they're supposed to be playing a three four defense but they can't because they don't have a nose tackle and Mm -hmm. stanley mckenzie is supposed to be the nose tackle well he's been away from the team for personal reasons and you know he's he's back with the team now and like god bless him you know but like but hey, Brett Johnson wasn't playing in the spring game because they were slow playing him. And it's just like, you know, I've just heard this story too many times. You know, it's been like four straight years with Cal since their peak in 2018, where they've been sliding. And the reason they've been sliding has been very easy to identify. If you read my article, I, I list multiple reasons with and I go through all the statistical evidence from my tally sheet and from advanced statistical sources. Like it's a clear as day um, that all of the problem is the defensive line and the bodies that they have in, and more specifically the bodies that they um, do not have available to them that maybe they'll have this year. But like, mm-hmm. I don't have my hopes up because they keep dashing, you know, they break your, your heart every year. Some of these so stats, like, stat, the defensive stats on here are, I, know. I you know, it's like, wow. Um, and I, I mean, it's know, they, just very, I mean, the defensive stats are very clear. Yes. Like I, I marshaled yeah. all those arguments to make it very clear that it's just the defensive line. Right. Um, and that if the defensive line, it, but if it's like, if the defensive line p- patches that problem, then like everything else is in place for the defense to actually be like a top 30 defense instead of a sixties, a defense mm-hmm. in the sixties. But mm-hmm. like, I don't know if it's going to happen because it's dependent on, but like, and so like, I'm sort of tempted on the one hand, I am sort of tempted to say, but that's not Justin Wilcox's fault. Like in the way that the offensive line is definitely his fault mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it's like, like it's bad luck. It's terrible luck that like Johnson's not available for, you know, but on the other hand, like it is still his fault it, it, because like when, when you recruit in the way that they recruit and there's no excuse for them to recruit the way that they recruit, they are a premier university in a major you know, world metropolis. There is right. no excuse for Cal to recruit poorly. Jeff Tedford recruited a bunch of players who were still in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, when you recruit in such a way that you need one guy to play for you and he doesn't like that's still on you, right? Yeah. Like that's, you didn't, it's like if you're, if your house burned down and you didn't have insurance and now you were ruined, like my heart goes out to you for that bad luck that your house burned down. But why didn't you buy insurance? Yeah. The rest of it's on you. That's on you, buddy. You know, like it's sort of like, yeah. So anyway, all of this sort of, you know, when we talk about other teams, we really talk about Oregon. I sure am glad that Oregon manages the roster a lot better and has multiple options that defensive (laughs) lines. So that, you know, if God forbid something bad happens, something catastrophic doesn't happen to Oregon. And speaking of something catastrophic happening to Oregon, whatever the hell was going on at the end of 2021, 
where apparently Rob Mullins offered Justin Wilcox a job, but I sort of mm. doubt that that really happened. Or like, I think that he, maybe he offered him a job with a paycheck of $5. Um, <laughs> and he's like, Oh, $5 million. Hmm, I'll have to think about that. No, Justin, $5. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you miss You misheard me. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I don't, I think we'll ever really know what happened to all of no. them, but whatever it is that Oregon dodged Cal walked right into because they gave Justin Wilcox an extension and now they can't fire him and they just fired their basketball coach. Um, and now they've got no money. Oh, and they also did this stadium renovation because they built it on top of literally an earthquake fault line, and right. they literally poured all their money into a, a hole in the ground. Their athletic director, Jim Knowlton, is a civil engineer because uh, they needed one to build the stadium. Uh, nice. They have no money, and they can't fire Justin Wilcox, even though he's pretty much driven this team to the ground. I mean, year six, he went five and seven, and they can't fire him. And like five and seven is definitely a strong possibility again. Wow. And like Oregon sure dodged it. They sure dodged it. Lucky. Like, and, you know, I mean, there were certainly plenty of vocal people that wanted an Oregon yeah. guy uh, as, as the head coach and not, not the best person yeah. you could get. Yeah. So that uh, turned out pretty good All in the right. long run, I'd say. All right. We're out of time. Uh, we're going to need to wrap it up there. Any parting words of wisdom for us, Slurms? Nope, just looking forward to the nicer weather. It's great uh, great baseball and softball weather, so if you've got a chance to get out to one of the games, please do. Yeah, a 99% chance of sunshine this weekend, but nice. we got the spring game coming up too. Be a nice uh, way to, to wrap up your weekend, go to the spring game, and then go to, to see the Diamond Ducks, uh, and it never rains on this podcast.